Good morning, good evening, and good night. My name is Christian Fakara, and this is Please Keep Talking, the show where me and a couple of my friends get together and talk about topics we find interesting. Last time, we discussed three infamous scam artists. If you haven't listened to that show, give it a listen whenever you can. This week's episode is called Scotland Clans. So grab yourself a snack and get yourself comfortable because the show is about to start. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. The following podcast is sponsored by the New Hood College Gear Shop. The Gear Shop replaces the Old Hood College Bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as just the place where we bought our rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood-branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They may even have Hood-branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, highlighter, or notebook? The gear shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy them a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The Hood Gear Shop has your back. Need a last-minute birthday gift for your best friend? You'll find plenty of options. What I'm saying is, the Hood College Gear Shop has you covered for all your gifts, school, snacks, and Blazer-branded clothing needs. So next time you are in WIT, stop in and browse around. Mention my name, Christian Ficarra, and the name of this podcast, Please Keep Talking, and receive 10% off your purchase of any Hood-branded merch. But listen to the show first. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Andrew Miller. Happy to Hi. have you. Hey, happy to be here. Andrew is actually a member of a Scottish clan. I'm um, indeed the Carnegies. The Carnegies, yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Carnegies. Let's get, let's get right into it. Well, they come into existence in about the 1300s. Um, they don't have much relevance up until about the 1500s. That's when we started becoming more of a well-known clan. We, our claim to fame was being the cup bearers for the King of Scotland at the time. Really? That's so interesting, actually. Uh, do you know if they were on the side of the Jacobite Rebellion or oh, not? Oh, yes, they oh, were. They were. Oh, we they were. We love a good Jacobite <laughs> Rebellion. We do indeed. Uh, the other clan we're going to be talking about today, the uh, Clan Donald, were a big, <laughs> big Jacobites. Uh-huh. They were great. Um, if anyone is wondering where Jacobite comes from, at the time, Scotland did not have its independence, and I believe they still don't have their independence. They had it for a little bit, didn't they? And then... Uh, the Act of Union, there was this whole thing about basically unifying the Scottish and English uh, thrones, and that kind of squashed Scottish independence for a bit. Uh, we had a, there was a recent referendum on it, but unfortunately we didn't have the majority needed to, have, to make Scotland independent. And the current government doesn't look like it's going to grant us another referendum anytime soon. So for now, Scotland is still part of the UK. It's it's unfortunate, but, you know, maybe one day. Anyways, if you're wondering where Jacobite comes from, King James, 7th of Scotland and 2nd of England, um, what that means is that he was the seventh person to be named James to be King of Scotland and the second person named James to be King of England. The Latin word for James is Jacobus, King Jacobus, the Jacobites. Essentially, they were people that believed that King James was the true leader of England. There was a whole, we're, we'll get into this later, there was a whole, whole heap of tomfoolery going on with King James. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, clan, uh, cl what, what was the clan name again? Clan Carnegie, of course. Clan <clears throat> Carnegie. Why don't you tell us? So they were the cupbearers for the king. Yeah, that was in the 1500s, our claim to fame. We were still a relatively young clan, only 200 years old at that point. So we were still finding ourselves, you know, making, <laughs> making sure we couldn't just be swept under the rug. We did actually, unfortunately, get punished for being Jacobites in the 1700s and had... It wasn't, though. Uh, Act of Parliament had a bunch of our land, all of our land taken away, and our, I think it was earldom. But that was regained in the 1850s, and it is, I believe, still in the clan's possession today. Although, unfortunately, my line was of kind of an offshoot of the Carnegie clan, so I don't have any access to that kind of inheritance or anything no. from that but you know we made our way to america or at least my branch and here we are today very interesting do you um do you know if there's any like like secret meetings with the carnegies or like do they is it like uh you know how like with italian mobsters they have the families is it kind of like that where you guys like meet up or we try to have family reunions every now and then i went over to scotland a couple of years ago and met up with some of my kin but um as far as secret meetings go not since the day of my namesake andrew carnegie the uh famous steel tycoon Back in those days, family connections in Scotland were easier because everyone was still around. Nowadays, we're spread all over the place. It's harder to get back together. Uh, yeah. But there is still um, Skibo Castle, which was bought by Andrew Carne uh, Carnegie and turned into a country club of sorts. Oh. And so it still uh, bears the family name and Carnegie's, if we're going to congregate, we congregate there. It's quite the fun place to be. 18 holes of golf and oh. all the facilities that come around with a nice country club estate. That's so much fun. Oh my gosh. Well, you should tell me if there's ever one of these again. I want to be your plus one. Yeah, we got to. Organizing <laughs> these days is hard. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I really want to go to Scotland. Scotland seems like a very beautiful country. It is. But like any rural place, if you're out in the... Uh, more rural parts at night bring a flashlight otherwise the frequent clouds will blot out any moonlight <laughs> there is and you will be in pitch darkness for oh, the majority sure. of i'll tell else. you uh growing up and essentially what was like the country-esque part of upstate new york um yeah. you know it's a far cry from scotland but you know we uh there were some nights, especially autumn nights, it's like pitch black out. You cannot see anything. It is, it is quite, it's like one of the coolest, but also the most terrifying experiences you will ever have is if you can experience like pitch blackness, especially if you're in a cornfield somewhere and you yeah. don't know how to get out. It gives you a real appreciation for humans fear of the unknown and fear of darkness because <laughs> it is fucking terrible it is terrifying anyways so your clan carnegie it is, you mentioned to me before but you are a uh, lowland clan lowland yes. clan for those of you who don't know scottish clans are divided into kind of like two or three region-esque type dealings there's the highland clans there's lowland clans, 
And then apparently, I I found this out the other day. There are island clans too. Yeah. There's not just um, <clears throat> you know, it's just just not Highland and Lowland. There are actually island clans too. Yeah. It's very interesting that there are more than two because I always thought there were only two. Yeah. It's uh, it's um, like any distinction. It's just because of separation. There are a large amount of islands around uh, the top and west of Scotland, and so. When you're stuck out on an island, you tend to associate with your own, and that kind of developed the distinction. <clears throat> yes. Um, and for anyone who's wondering, what's the difference between highlands and lowlands? Highlands are more like the stereotypical, like, Braveheart-esque warrior clans, big, you know, central places where everyone lives. <laughs> what was that? Scotland forever. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, you know, face paint, swords, kilts, bagpipes, stuff like that. In lowlands, they're more agricultural-based people. I mean, obviously, there still had to be warriors. I mean, everyone was fighting back then, but. You know, they're not like rugged mountain men. They're more like, you know, we got cows and we're... (laughs) Stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. Then island clans, I'm assuming, are just the clans that live on the island. Yeah, you know, you get out onto some of those more uh, isolated places. They develop their own culture, you know, uh, beliefs, sometimes languages, but I think... The island clans stayed pretty tied into mainland Scotland. It was just, you know, it's uh, humans divide themselves whenever they can, and that just happened to be one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's an unfortunate fact of life. People are always going to be fighting with each other, no matter how alike you look or how different you look. Yeah, there's always going to be, you know, people say, "Oh, you go to Scotland, there's no culture there." Well, that's just not true. There's a lot of culture. There's a lot of you know, I'm sure Highlanders and Lowlanders don't think of each other as the same type of people, you no. know? We just all agree we hate the English. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of hating the English, <laughs> let's talk about Clan Donald a little bit. Do you know anything about Clan Donald? Not really. You know, I haven't, I haven't had that much uh, experience with their history, but I'm excited to hear about it. So, Clan uh, McDonald was, uh, still are. Um, they're a fairly large Scottish uh, Highland clan, um, much like your clan. They were Jacobites. Yeah, they were Jacobites, and there was, uh, they're a bit older than your clan was. They were, you know, founded 1100s, 1200s, and they were just this... <laughs> you know, kind of somewhat large clan who just lived in the Highlands. Their claim to fame, very unfortunately, kind of, is the topic of the Glencoe Massacre. Do you know about that at all? Uh, I do not. The only thing I know about Glencoe is there's a good distillery. Oh, yeah. I want to visit Glencoe, and I want to take a picture with the, uh, the sign that says, No Hawkers and No Campbells. The Campbells are um, another 
Highland clan who who the the Donalds do not get along with very well, yeah, that and about. that will become evident in just a few moments. Anyways, let's set the stage for you. During the time of the Jacobite rebellions, they were trying to put uh, King James back on the English throne. He had uh, somewhat unfortunately been usurped, essentially. The uh, British people did not like the fact that a, uh, a Scotsman was <laughs> running their country. Because King James was a, was, was a Scotsman. He was from Scotland, and he kind of uh, managed to get his way into the British royal family, and, or his ancestors did at least, and they kind of, you know, had him sit on the throne, and British people did not like that. So they got rid of him, and the, Scot, the, Scot pe- the people of Scotland were like, we don't want this. We want, we want King James. We want Jacobus. So they became the Jacobites, and there was a period of time where there were Jacobite rebellions. There was a, there was a clan. There was a man <laughs> named, I believe his name was, J- he was a Campbell. Uh, this man was a Cambo, uh, Campbell, and he wasn't, like, really, like, a very prominent figure in the Campbells. But he did not like this small village, Glencoe, very much. They didn't like him at all for some reason. I think it was because the Campbell, the, uh, the, the, uh, McDonald's would steal the Campbell's cows and cattle every, every now and then. Anyways, this man, Campbell, was, uh, he was very much a sympathizer to the current king of England that wasn't king... King James, and he really wanted to get in the good graces of these people. He kind of lied to a bunch of the Highland clans and said, hey guys, here's the deal. We want you to pledge your loyalty to England. And if you do, if you pledge your loyalty to England, you will be under the protection of England and you will also be given money mm-hmm. that we will split. Also, if King James ever tries to reclaim his throne, we will not hold you to any loyalty. You can go and fight for King James, which was a complete lie. That's not what was going to happen at all. Right. England expected them to stay loyal. And that is just not what happened. So anyways, there were a bunch of clans that were going to sign. Some of the larger clans didn't want to sign, actually, because, you know, they could defend themselves against a British garrison. They had enough weaponry. They had enough, like, uh, you know, men to take on a siege. But there were smaller clans that couldn't do that. The McDonald's of Glencoe were one of these clans. And they were very hesitant to sign the pledge. It was to um, William III. I believe another name of him is William of Orange. I could be wrong about that. There might have been another William of Orange. It may be the William of Orange. I think the William of Orange was a Dutch ruler, but I believe the Jacobite Rebellion was also centered around them rising up against Mary and her Dutch Husband. Mary the second, but William of Orange. Yes, it is William of Orange. William of Orange. 
And there, uh, you know, William of Orange is actually a reason why there is a lot of orange coloring in Protestant, in Protestant imagery, because I believe that is why King James was usurped was because he wanted to make Christ, uh, not Christ, he wanted to make Catholicism the religion, or maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I, I might have been over sure. religion. It with England, there are so many points where religion comes into it. You know, it's hard to. Hard to keep them all track, you know. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> um, absolutely, but anyways, it's besides the point. At this meeting with all the heads of the Highland clans, Campbell was like, "Hey, we're all gonna we're gonna be able to split all this money. We're gonna be able to fight for King James when he gets back." And he even said himself, "I personally will fight for King James when." We are allowed to, uh, when, we, when he may do this uprising. And they were all very hesitant. And none were more hesitant than the McDonald's. Because the McDonald's, like I said before, the McDonald's and the Campbell's did not like each other very much. Another funny thing that happened is that Campbell told the McDonald's that, oh, when the time comes to get the money, you're not going to get any of it. Because you stole a ton of our cows and all of our cattle. So they were pretty pissed off at them. And they're like petty squabbles. I, I swear to God, it doesn't matter if it's 400 years in the making. The, the families want their cattle back. Oh, always, always. <laughs> well, you know, cows are valuable to Highland clans. They don't that is have... true. They, don't have, they can't go to the grocery store and get milk. Yeah. Well, the Highland clans, you know, they don't have as much room for agriculture and farming and other kind of more established things. They're in hills mm -hmm. and mountainous terrain, and it's just harder to set up large agricultural production like that. So a cow here or there probably pissed quite a few people off. Mm, absolutely. Anyways, the Campbells were like, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to be able to fight for whoever we want to. And though it was a complete lie. This was all a lie because Campbell wanted to get into the good graces of Lord Stair. He was the Secretary of State for Scotland. And Lord Stair really wanted the allegiance of the Highland clans. Because if push comes to shove, you know, King James came back. And yeah. he was rallying people to fight for him. The last people you'd probably want to see are the Highland clans yeah. charging at you. Fierce warriors all. Exactly. Um, you know, that reminds <clears throat> me of uh, Winston Churchill. Not the uh, Prime Minister of England, but the General Winston Churchill. Or not General. I forget what he was, but he was, he was a Scotsman who in World War II oh. fought the Nazis... With nothing but his basket-hilted longsword, his bow and arrows, his kilt, and his bagpipes. Man was a legend. He was Absolute indeed. legend. And he was pissed off at America um, because he really wanted to keep fighting, but America kind of ended the war. <laughs> Jack Churchill. Jack Churchill. There's a famous picture of him storming the Normandy beaches in a kilt with a broadsword. <laughs> Let me see that. Where's the picture? 
<clears throat> oh, the picture? Oh, oh. I'll find the picture. But there is, okay. Anyways. Jack Churchill. This guy was, he was insane. He was a, he was a Scotsman, though. So that's the type of people Lord Stair was going to have to deal with if, they, if he couldn't get everyone to sign their allegiance. Oh, that's amazing, dude. We're currently looking at the picture. Oh, of my God. If, yeah, if you can find the picture and follow along with us, it is an absolutely amazing picture. There's, like, a bunch of men with machine guns running into battle, and they're, like, helping each other out, and yeah. he's J Jack Churchill is just rushing in all on his own. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. I believe he also used a longbow. If memory mm -hmm. It serves me well. He's known as Mad Jack Churchill. Mad Jack Churchill, yeah. He also went to. He was all, when he was captured. He was captured by German soldiers. He was captured by Nazi soldiers, and the reason what happened was is that all of his men, either all of his men left him or died, and he knew he was screwed. So you know what he did? He played his bagpipes <laughs> until he was captured. Um, that yeah, he played his bagpipes until he was captured, and then he was sent to a concentration camp where he and several other men coordinated an, an escape, and then they escaped. We're going to talk about uh, heroes of World War II eventually, because there's some interesting characters from there World War II. Um, but back to the clans. Back to the clans, and back to this <clears throat> massacre. So... Everything that could go wrong for the McDonald's was going wrong. Keep in mind, uh, this is winter. This is all happening during the winter of, uh, I believe, it is 1691. The winter of 1691. For those of you who don't know what the winter in the Highlands is like, um, if you've ever gone snowboarding, <laughs> imagine that mountain that you were snowboarding on but times a hundred and there is no down there is only a cross so essentially it's very slow travel very cold very dangerous travel icy all mannerisms of terrible weather conditions so anyways also all the clans are very spread out yeah. They're like at least 30 miles apart from each other. And while that might not sound like a lot, this is the Highlands in the winter. You know, travel is very slow. You're on horses. You don't have like cars or anything. Essentially, you just have to book it from place to place because you can't bring a carriage or anything like that. I like to think of it like, um, <clears throat> if you know anything about, this is kind of off topic, but if you know anything about uh, Greek history... Uh, they developed into kind of a city-state thing with lots of little independent regions, mostly because of their geography. They were separated by hills and mountains, natural barriers to just centralized government, and the highlands were a lot like that area. Except now, not only are they separated by natural geography, they're also having to deal with winter. Yeah, I don't, do, I don't think the part of the world where Greece was really had a winter. No, it might Greece. have gotten cold, but it wasn't like Greece has an advantage. It's on the Mediterranean. It's got it's got a decent uh, weather. It does have some snow, especially at higher elevations. But for the majority of the time, 
you're out on the beach, it's nice and warm, maybe it dips to 70, 60 degrees, but you know, not 10 below. <laughs> yeah, anyways, um, so during this whole thing, John Campbell, uh, who was trying to get everyone to sign all this stuff, he was actually uh, a nobleman, he was the Earl of Bread Albin. Do you have any idea where that is? Not a clue. <laughs> a lot of these, you know, earldoms from the past. It also, you know, when the English came in, they kind of changed the names of some of these landed titles just because it was harder to pronounce. Uh, but, <laughs> so it changes over time what families held dominion over which lands. Mm-hmm. Scotland itself is separated enough, a sparsely enough populated country that it's hard to keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he was also known as Slippery John. Um, you know, like Slippin' Jimmy from, uh, Better Call Saul? Yes, yes, Yeah, just th- think about, like, that kind of person. Not the most trusted. Not the most trustworthy characters. He was getting all these people to sign it. A bunch of the, uh, some of the clans did, in fact, sign it. Um, you know, simply because... They didn't know if there was going to be another Jacobite uprising. Um, some of the clans didn't sign it because they were big enough to defend themselves. Right. Um, and then there were clans like the McDonald's. The McDonald's did not sign it, but they were also, you know, this small part of them that were in Glencoe. They were a relatively small clan. They probably would not be able to hold themselves against a a British infantry um a British attack a British attack um although I believe it would have actually been Scotland technically but under the command of the British king um anyways so McDonald's go back to Glencoe and they're discussing with their higher-ups and they're like Let's try to get a messenger to King James because King James is hanging out somewhere. It was it was one of the European countries. It might have been France or Italy. Um, they try to get a messenger to King James, and they were given a deadline actually um, to sign this. Uh, this was originally this kind of negotiation originally happened in March of. 1690 and there was a deadline of January 1st 1692 Mm -hmm. so that might not that might seem like a lot of time to people at home but keep in mind we don't have email we don't have like diplomats that can very easily go to different parts of the world this is a very slow (laughs) process back in the day um this is taking place over the course of about a year and a half a little over a year and a half but anyways so anyways a bunch of people are trying to get messages to james and James is telling everybody, hey, you guys need to take these oaths to protect yourself. Right. Because I'm not going to be able to mount an uprising. You guys need to, like... Think for your own. 
think you guys need to like take care of yourselves. So at this point, the deadline is fast approaching. So the McDonald's get this letter and they have to go take the oath now. Now, back then, taking an oath wasn't simply like going up to someone and being like, hey, we pledge our allegiance. You had to go, you had to find someone with high enough rank to accept the oath and someone that could stamp on the oath. So they ride to a nearby garrison or something like that. It was like a stronghold. And they're like, hey, we want to take the oaths. But the sheriff who could accept the oaths weren't there. He wasn't there. Right. So they're like, oh, crap. We're screwed. Not only that. They had to go and travel to meet the sheriff because the sheriff wasn't going to be back for a while. Mm. So they had to go and find him. And then they run into a snag. They have to pass through Campbell territory. And if we remember, the Campbells don't like the McDonald's very much. No, they do not. So the, the Campbells immediately capture the McDonald's and they hold them. They hold them until three days after the deadline to take the oath has passed. Just to make sure they couldn't. Just to make sure they couldn't do it. This is the type of stuff we're dealing with in the Highland clans. This was happening all the time. People were screwing each other over just because. So anyways, they go and they have a document from like the sheriff's like deputy or whatever or whoever and they're like hey they were planning on taking the oath but you weren't here to take the oath for them Mm. so i signed off on this they were going to plan to take the oath and they should be on they should be all good and the sheriff goes yeah you guys are good you guys are going to be safe Uh however Lord Stair did not like this <laughs> at all. <sighs> Lord Stair was like, you guys are only taking this oath because you feel you have to, not because you're loyal to us. So we're going to make an example of you. He throws out the oath. Oh, no. He throws out the oath. He says, you guys are not under our protection. And here's when the real bad stuff happens. They send a garrison Mm. led by a Campbell. Not any Campbell. Robert Campbell. Do you want to know something? Robert Campbell's niece was married to the son of the leader of the McDonald clan. Some family bloodline merging to kind of soothe the peace. Oh, yeah. They were practically family. Jesus. <laughs> so him and his garrison get there, and the McDonald's are so happy. They're like, oh my God, we're so glad you people are here. 
you know how there's the term Southern hospitality? Yes. There's a lesser known term called Highland hospitality, where if you are a traveler in the Highlands and you are lost and you don't know what to do, the Highlanders will take you in Hmm. and they will help you and they will keep you for a while. They did this to this garrison. They housed the garrison. They housed them. They played games with their children. They, you know. They showed hospitality. They showed hospitality. And they stayed with them for about two weeks. Two weeks they housed and fed these people. Let them sleep in their beds, bathe. And then on February 12th, they got the order. They got the order to take 400 men, block off the exits, and then another 400 men would go and kill anyone that they found. Now, some of the people that were, uh, you know, some of the people that um, were housed by the Highlanders were absolutely horrified when they realized what was going to happen because they had just housed them for about two weeks two weeks and they started waking up their you know people that housed them were like you need to get out of here right um but there wasn't much that could be done no i'm sure because there were for every one soldier that told them to leave there were another five that were like okay we're following orders Sounds about right. Group think, you know, easier to go along with following orders and not think about the consequences of your actions. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sure the Germans had something similar later in life. Yep. Now, the massacre happens, and mm-hmm. it goes from, you know, the late night of February 12th to the early morning of February 13th. Mm. Um, the leader of the the the, uh, the McDonald's was killed, McLean. Mm. However, his two sons did escape. Now, in the orders, there was actually a phrase where it said, "Take special care in in the uh, killing." The old wolf and his two pups. I'm sure. He, they really wanted to absolutely just wipe out this entire clan by getting rid of the leadership. Um, A classic tactic throughout history, unfortunately. mm Mm-hmm. Now, this is a pretty small, pretty small group of people living there. So, about 30 people died, whether it be from being killed or whether they died to exposure. Because remember, this is still winter in the Highland Clans. Um, 
And eventually the garrison just left and it just was not great. I'm sure. Anyways, <clears throat> the commanding officer hmm. that was given these orders felt so guilty about what he had done. As he should have. He should've. went and got drunk, essentially. <laughs> And on him, he still had his orders. Mm. And he lost them. Ah. But people found them. I'm sure. The worst people, people that he would never want to find them, Jacobite sympathizers found the orders, these documents, and they eventually smuggled them out of the country. And eventually, a bunch of European countries started saying, hey, Scotland, you guys kind of have to answer for this. So an investigation was conducted. And the first investigation was like, oh, no, we did nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. However, there was a second investigation done. I'm sure In it's... Scotland, there's a very interesting clause. Um, uh, there's a very interesting uh assembly of laws that allow convicted of treason under the murder under trust act do you know what that is i do not but i can imagine i don't know why it was put in place but murder under trust was essentially a way of discouraging people from killing people that like housed them and fed them and bathed them it's essentially murder in bad faith. Right. It's essentially what it means. Murder under trust. It means that someone is trusting you as a guest in their home and you kill them. Something more egregious than just randomly murdering Just randomly murdering someone you don't know. This is someone who took care of you. Yeah. And in Scotland, at the time, that was considered treason. Excellent. The Scottish government found that the Scottish government committed treason <laughs> with the Murder Under Trust Act, or clause. Reminds me of a certain Spider-Man Spider meme where it's, you know, yeah, they're pointing at each other. Oh, you committed treason, but you are me, but you are you. <laughs> yeah, so the Scottish government was charged with treason by the Scottish government. So what does that mean? It essentially means that the Lord of Stair and uh, John Campbell essentially lost their jobs. And you want to know what Lord Stair said to John Campbell when, you know, this all came out to the public? Sure. Lord Stair was like, you did what? What? I did not tell you to do that, young man. <laughs> Plausible deniability. I exactly. Think. But then everyone was like, yeah. they were like, BS. This, this happened and you were complicit in it. So John, the worst part is though, is that not much happened to them. John Campbell went to jail for a bit and mm. Lord Stair lost his job. There was really no real justice for the 30 lives that were lost. The, the, right. You know. Um, but, is... but I can tell you 
The McDonald's were sure as hell on the side of the Jacobites in the in the in the, in the ensuing sure. in the ensuing uh, Jacobite rebellions. Had plenty of incentive. To yeah. Do much prodding. Yeah, but that's essentially the story. It's not a very happy one, but no. hopefully in due time people can understand that. You know, there's a lot of dirty history, not in just like our own found, like not even just in the founding of America, but everywhere has terrible history that they'd probably rather not. That's true. You know, get out. It's just, it's just, it does not like, it's just a very unnecessary loss of life. Well, the thing I find beautiful also is because America is this melting pot of a country, we get different perspectives and different histories all mixing together so you have stories like this with the scottish highland clans that have been maybe not a story passed down through generations i don't know how many of those clan members are left or well clan lines are left the mcdonald's are still a fairly they're still around um it's a way to connect back to your uh, your history or the history of your friends, relatives. It it's a good way to remember. Yeah. It really even if they're sad. Yeah, it really is just you know, it's 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 a reminder that yeah, we as humans can suck, but there's also so much beauty in how after this happened, even the clans that didn't really like the McDonald's, even the Campbells didn't like what happened to the McDonald's. Everyone was pissed. Everyone was pissed. They were murdered by the government, essentially. It's just, you know, it's like if something were to come out today about that, everyone would be upset about it. That's true. It's, it really just goes to show that history just keeps repeating itself. Yeah. Who knows? We should study history. Exactly. We shouldn't leave out anything that is not, like... Pretty. Exactly. We shouldn't leave any of that out. But anyways, I think that's all the time we have for today, my friend. Thank you for joining us on Please Keep Talking. I've been Christian Fakera. And I've been Andrew Miller. It has been quite a time next week we are going to be talking about unsung heroes of world war ii a more cheery topic a more cheery topic we're going to be talking about jack churchill we're going to be talking about simo oh my gosh it's gonna be amazing thank you for joining us once again have a good time